is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Good morning, everybody. Are you all okay? Well, it's um, a privilege to be speaking to you all this morning. This is part two of our series at Jubilee about what our family values are. So this week we are looking at belonging. So I think it is true to say that we all want to belong to something. We want to be part of something with other people. We want to be a member. We like to have connection. We like to be welcomed, to be known to be included. I think we could even say that there's an intuitive sense of kinship and community in each and every one of us. It's like a gravitational pull. Our core needs of belonging are for stability, security, and for our health. I love this saying that I came across when I was um, looking into what belonging means. And it says, we are born looking for someone, looking for us. I love that. If you've got school-aged children, or you have raised school-aged children, or you have this in your future, possibly, then the last few weeks we have spent putting name labels in uniform. Who loves that job? Not a single person. Now, you might be super organized. I feel like some people might love this job in the future because they love to be really organized. You might get very lovely little labels. I was that person with Bo, first child. And then, you know, I do it like weeks in advance, so organized. And then now I'm the night before Sharpie person. That is me. But we do it, don't we, to show this jumper, this PE kit, it belongs to this child within this school because when it ends up in the pit of doom, also known as lost property, hopefully if that name label has stuck and that Sharpie hasn't washed out, we know who that item of clothing belongs to. Maybe you like to travel. Who likes to travel? Got lots of suitcases here. And you know, when you travel, particularly when you fly, it's really important to have a luggage label on your bag because if it's ever happened to you, it has happened to me when I went to America on my own, my bag got lost. It had all my details on the luggage label for my address back home, obviously, but not for where I was in America. But it found its way back to me because it had my details on it. And it's really important, isn't it? to have that label so we know if it gets lost, it belongs to so-and-so, and they live here or they're staying here. So if you had a luggage label attached to your life, to you, it has two spaces that need filling. Firstly, who you belong to, and secondly, where you belong. So I'd like to take you back to your belonging origin. Some of you might like to look up your family legacy or your family tree or what your surname means. Or maybe if you're Scottish, you've got um, a tartan print for your family, which is all really cool stuff and it's really interesting. But the best thing, when you say yes to Jesus, when you understand and know 
the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. He invites us to the table, like we've heard this morning. He invites us to dwell. He invites us to belong. There's a few scriptures that I've got this morning. I put my Bible on the floor, not because I'm not using it, but because I've got all my scriptures written out. And it's found in Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. We are designed to belong to our creator. We're chosen. We're loved. We're forgiven. We're accepted, adopted, God calls us his masterpiece, his treasure. We're co-heirs with Christ. Put that again, amen. Go for it. We're co-heirs with Christ. That is incredible. God calls us a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Once we were far away, sorry, speaker, but once we were far away, but now we've been welcomed home. I'm going to put my suitcase here. I've been welcomed home through the sacrifice that Jesus made, his death and resurrection. And you know what? Even if you only take one thing away from today, I pray that it's a fresh revelation that you belong to God. He loves you with an everlasting love. He has transformed us when we say yes to him. And it changes our whole, it changes our lives. It changes our whole perspective, our being, and our thinking. If I'm allowed to go into the Message Bible, that's okay, right? Oh, I just love, I don't always, I sometimes use it at home, but this is just a wonderful way of saying it. In Isaiah 56, just listen, you don't need to look it up because it'll be different. Make sure no outsider who now follows God ever has occasion to say, God has put me in second class. I don't really belong. And make sure no mutilated, mutilated person is ever made to think, I'm damaged goods. I don't really belong. For God says to the mutilated, keep my Sabbath and choose what delights me. And if you keep a firm grip on my covenant, I'll provide you with an honoured place in my family and within my city. I'll confer permanent honours on you that will never be revoked. And for the outsiders who now follow me, working for me, loving my name, wanting to be my servants, I'll bring them to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Oh, yes! My house of worship will be known as a house of prayer for all people. Isn't that wonderful? All of us are welcome in God's house. It doesn't matter how scarred you feel, how dysfunctional your life is, if you feel like damaged goods. Whatever your background, when you say yes to God, you're no longer an outsider. You're not second class. God gives you an honoured place in his household and his family. You too 
can belong. Isn't that incredible? Belonging to Jesus is the best decision you'll ever make. And if you're here this morning and you haven't said yes to Jesus, please don't go home not having spoken to someone. We would love to be able to help you and tell you more about how wonderful it is to know him. And it's for all people. And you know, the wonderful thing about this is that we get to experience belonging to God together. Say hi to somebody nearby. Hi, nearby. Hi. We get to do this together. We have common unity, community, in Christ. And it's a glorious unity created in him for his glory. We're not meant to be lone Christians. We belong to God and that's it, it stops there. We're not meant to wander around. You know, to the early church, that would be a completely alien concept to them. It was all about community. So God's invitation to us is to belong to him, that's what we'd have on our label, but also it's to give us a spiritual address, a home where we can unpack our suitcase, a home to be, a home to care for, to love and to build. He asks us to be saved and added. I love how Ephesians 2 verse 19 to 21 puts it. You can turn there if you like. Ephesians 2, 19 to 21. You're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God is building his household, his church, and he wants me and you to belong. So if I were to fill out my label, it would say, I belong to Jesus, but also my spiritual address is Jubilee Church Derby. Woohoo! So I'm going to put this up here. This is my, oh, I should have remembered how to open it. Where is the actual, it's not that one. That expands it because, you know, sometimes you have to expand that case when you go on holiday. I won't show you everything that's in here, but oh, I'm going I'm to start unpacking. Is that okay? This is my home, right? I'm going to start unpacking my life here. Put my best clothes, um, makeup bag, my things that I love. So I've got my painting. And um, if I want to rest in God's house, I need my slippers. Absolutely. With a home address, a place to belong to, we can unpack, we can put our roots down. We can worship here. We're free to be our authentic selves, who we are. And we can witness out of here too. It gives us a sense of identity. There's safety and protection here. Wisdom is found here. Dreams can be born here. Encouragement thrive here. It's a community to raise our families, a place where challenges are surrounded 
by people who stand with us and pray. And the best thing is, Jesus is at the center of it all. He is the source of our unity. If I could just take you to my physical house, the greenhouse, for a moment. Maybe you've been to my house. It's fairly chaotic. Most family homes are, I'm sure. Um, particularly at the moment, whilst we're having building work done. But let's think about, I've got three boys. Let's think about them and what they are like when they're at home. I won't tell you all the details of what they're like when they're at home. But when they're at home, it might be different to how they are if they've visited your house. Maybe you've had the pleasure of my children coming to your house. Thank you for that. In our house, their stuff is there. And in fact, it's not just there, it's everywhere. They've got a lot of stuff. Their cars, their trains, Lego, a whole world of sports equipment. They know how everything works, specifically the remote controls. They can relax there. It's comfortable there. They can put their feet up, and they do. They have responsibilities. They have to unload the dishwasher, take up their washing to varying degrees of success. But there's a sense of accountability to us, me and James, their mum and dad. But if they went to your house, they're on visitation rules. We expect good manners. We expect good manners at home. We expect extra good manners if they come to visit. We expect that they don't break anything. We expect that they eat what's put in front of them, which, if you've had my children at your house, is something we're working on, I'll say. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not putting their feet up, turning your TV on, or trying to get your Wi-Fi password. So why does their behavior look so different? Well, when you're at home, your behavior changes. It's different. Your attitudes are different because that's what goes with the territory of belonging somewhere. Maybe as adults, you like to go to a hotel. I won't take a big bag to the hotel. I'm just going to take my weekend bag. <clears throat> so I get to the hotel, and I'm going to unpack some of my stuff. There's not loads to unpack, but probably toothpaste, um, my toothbrush, my brush, some wipes few less things. Do you, do you get that feeling when you go to a hotel and you just like to dot a few of your things around to make it feel like home? It's not home, but you want to make it feel like that's where you belong. That's your place. I get that. But you're still on visitation rules there. It's not your home. You might relax a bit, but it's not the place where you belong. It's not your home. So what does the behavior of actually really belonging somewhere look like? I'd like to suggest a few ideas this morning. Firstly, when you belong, you're known. Maybe it's your first time here today and you are really, really welcome. Maybe the only person that knows your name in here this morning is the person on the welcome team, but you are so welcome. Maybe you've been here for a little while. Maybe you're part of the furniture so to speak, not looking anywhere. You've been here a while. You were here right at the start, or you've been here a while. Maybe you're not sure um, that you would write Jubilee Church as your home address on your luggage tag of your life. That's okay. 
Maybe you don't feel that you're sure yet that this is the place for you. Can I encourage you? Don't be a visiting stranger. Take a step deeper into being known, to belonging. And whether that's here, wonderful, or it's at another church, make that step to belonging and not being on visitation rules. Is it time you unpacked your suitcase here? Maybe you were just parked up and you haven't made that step to unpack your life. And I, and I get that sometimes we, when we join a church, it's for different reasons and really valid reasons why we don't start unpacking our lives. Maybe it takes you a little longer. Now, one of these suitcases here belongs to a member of our church, and I am going to see if you can guess by the things that are inside it who, whom, to whom this belongs. Are you ready? Are we ready? We are ready. So I've got to do this. Because they, basically they all look the same. There's no names, there's no addresses on any of them. Oh, did you see that? A little bit. Oh, no, running out of space. Right, so I'm trying to do it so it's not really obvious. Um, okay, let's do this one first. This is one of their items in their case. I'm trying to be as generic as possible. Their smell. You can't smell it, though, can you? So... I don't know if you know what everyone smells like at church. I mean, that might be a bit weird. Okay, so that one. Um, let's go for this one. Olive oil. Oh, don't, hang on. You're not supposed to shout it out yet. No one heard that, right? Okay, we have... Um, now, this does narrow it down, because there's not many people who are crazy enough to like running. So this person likes running. I know you know, I'm just going with the flow. Okay, this person has a strong Scottish heritage they like to believe. No, he does look very, oh, they look very Scottish, giving it away. They like to write words. Can you guess who it is yet? Oh, now you might only know this if you're, um, an NFL fan, they support the Cowboys. Uh. Oh, this will definitely give it away. I haven't got their Bible out yet. They might be mad at me about that. A lovely NHS tabard. Speech and language therapy. Does anybody know who this person is? Do you know Mayo? Who is it? It's Tim! Because you know about him. You know about him because he's unpacked his life here. He's known. Maybe you don't know him. That's okay. He's a good person to know. But we know him, so many of us as a church, because he has unpacked his life here. He's known. He's part of us. We know him by his gifts and what he brings. And in fact, he's not in the room because he's currently serving in youth, which is one of his gifts. Maybe you need to take a step into belonging by unpacking your life here. You need to make the decision. Definitely running out of space. I'm just going to put Tim over there and all of his life. I'm going to go back to my case. Maybe you need to make that decision that you're going to unpack. 
And maybe the things that you need to unpack here is your job. What does your job look like? Maybe you need to unpack that here. Your family, how you raise your children, your marriage. Maybe some of the decisions that you're making at the moment. You need to unpack that here at Jubilee. Maybe it's your dreams. You've got incredible dreams that you are dreaming and God has given you. And that's something you need to unpack here at Jubilee. And maybe it's your hurts and your disappointment. And you need a home to unpack that within a safe family environment. It's a decision. I'm moving into the house. I'm not just on visitation any longer. When you belong, you're known. Secondly, when you have the behaviour of belonging, you're united. We're told in Acts 4 that the early church was united. They, had, they were in one heart and one mind. They shared their lives. They shared their possessions. It went beyond a kind word and a pat on the back, though that's great. They sold their land, their physical inheritance, and shared it among one another. They gave priority to meeting, to meeting the physical needs and the practical needs that were evident in their community. Paul wrote to the Galatian church, who, by the way, were struggling with differences with the Gentiles and the Jews within their community. And he wrote, Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let's do good to all people, but especially, he says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The New Testament church very clearly places a massive priority on loving and supporting members of our spiritual home because it's our family. We're called to love one another sincerely, love one another deeply from the heart. And it's a visible unity and a growing unity. Jesus himself says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. He's making a point, right? Everyone will see he wants us to love each other. We were talking in our life group this week about ways that we've been blessed by our life group community, and there's a lot of ways. Meals, texts, cards, gifts, um, going round when you're needed, giving support, babysitting, and what a blessing and a joy it is to love each other like that. And sometimes when we've spoken to our non-Christian friends about, oh yeah, my life group's bringing meals around for two weeks, and it's like, what? That's amazing. The way that we love each other should be visible. There should be a visible unity. And as well as it being visible, it needs to be growing. It's not a stagnant thing. You don't just do a few things and that's it. We need to maintain the beauty of unity. It's active. It's intentional. I love this verse in Ephesians 4. And it says, From him, that's Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. Let's be builders of one another in love. But it's really important here we think about community, 
I need to sort of talk about the whole picture. And the whole picture is that community life is imperfect. Okay? That is the reality of community life because we belong to it and we are not perfect people. And there's so much scripture, and this is the best thing, taught by Jesus himself and um, in the letters from Paul to the early church, just surrounding them with encouragement and teaching in how to deal with any problems that arise and moving forward in unity. We're told about forgiving one another, forgiving 70 times seven, bearing with one another, being patient, how to deal with sin in the community, church discipline, about when you don't get along. Do you know even Paul and Barnabas fell out at one point? Okay? We've got to talk that it's not going to be perfect, but let's strive to be more like Jesus. When we're more like Jesus and we try and follow this guidance and the teaching that's given to us, then we will grow in unity. So when we have the behavior of belonging, you're known, you're united, and thirdly, you contribute. I don't know about your house. Our house, um, we are having some work done at the moment, but I've sort of let it go a little bit, the house, that is. And there's things that need to be done. There's walls that need to be painted. Maybe you walk around your house, and the thing that needs to happen is that the toilet roll needs replacing. Go for it. There's a door handle that's broken. Maybe somebody spilt something and you need to get the thousand and one out to deal with that. They're things that happen a lot, aren't they, at home? Then there might be some bigger needs in your house. Things need repainting. Like I said, you need to remodel. Things are falling apart. Some of these things we can all have a go at, can't we? We can all do some stuff. Some things you might need somebody who's a bit more of an expert or that's their gift to do it or... They're willing to have a go and look it up on YouTube and see how to do it. But I want to do things that I see need doing because it's my house. I want to take care of it. So how much more should we have the attitude in our spiritual address that if we see something to do, we do it? You know, we're most like Jesus when we're contributing to God's house by serving others. Jesus took on the very nature of a servant, and he gave us the perfect example when he was washing his disciples' feet, and he said at the end, do as I have done. In our desire to see God's name glorified, we're motivated to serve and to contribute in a way that glorifies him. Serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts, it allows us to experience the joy and the peace that comes from obedience. It surrounds us with other Christians who can help encourage us to follow Jesus and to spur us on. It allows us to experience miracles. If you think about the first miracle that Jesus performed was at a wedding, the people at the party didn't know anything about what happened. They were just like, oh, this wine is good. But the people who knew and saw firsthand the miracle that Jesus did were the people behind the scenes. It was the servants. They saw the miracle that Jesus performed. And do you know what that does? It increases our faith. Serving increases faith. In Frog Club, in youth, you hear answers to prayer. 
that the children have prayed about one week and the next week they come back and say, God has heard and answered our prayer. How encouraging is that? We want to be a household that serves with integrity, with excellence and with joy. And what I want to do for a minute is just take a moment to encourage you who so many of you serve so faithfully at Jubilee. And maybe you're just finding it a bit of a struggle at the moment. We've all been there. Maybe you're there now. I want to encourage you with some scriptures. Romans 12 tells us, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. It's a joy and it's a privilege to serve him. But I know, in my own experience, we can, we can lose that joy sometimes. Sometimes serving and contributing is a bit relentless or it's hard. Or life is just really difficult. It gets in the way. And the psalmist encourages us to serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Can I encourage you that God sees all that you do? very much on display serving that you might do but also the small maybe it seems unnoticed maybe it feels to you in significant ways God sees it and he loves it I really this scripture from Hebrews 6 verse 10 says God is not unjust he will never forget your work and the love you have shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. Isn't that wonderful? God sees that all all that you do in serving him. I also want to encourage you, if you feel tired and weary in serving and contributing to God's house, we're encouraged in Peter to serve in the strength that God provides. Maybe you just need to lean on God in what you're serving in this morning so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus. Thank you for serving so faithfully. Keep going in God's strength. Keep honouring God by being a steward of the gifts he's given you and keep glorifying him in all that you do. Maybe this morning you've started to unpack in this house. You've started to get a few bits and bobs out. But to have a deeper sense of belonging, serving and contributing is such a wonderful way to do this. I remember when we first joined the church and we were straight in on the welcome team. Do you know what? We loved it because we didn't know many people and we welcomed people to church who we thought were there for the first time and they'd been coming for 10 years. But it was such a good way to get to know people in the church and to chat. And at the end... We've got five teams with the leaders who are going to be available. It's not a sign-up sheet. It's a chance for you to explore what does serving in youth look like? What's it like to be on the production team? I've got some questions about youth and kids' work and creche. So they're going to be out and about, maybe by the table, but they might be milling around. They will have a flag that looks like this. James has made his into a hairband, of course. Please chat to these people. We do need people, yes, but it's such a good way to belong to God's house by contributing. Finally, to encourage you, 
when your behaviour of belonging shows that you're known, you're united, you contribute. Lastly, your attitude shifts. If someone were to listen to your conversations about your house, your spiritual house, the place where you belong, would they hear your passion and your love for it? Or would it be different? Would they hear what's wrong with it? What needs to change? What needs to improve? How this person isn't doing this, this person. I don't want to focus on that. But would they hear your passion and love for this address? We talk differently about the house we belong to. We defend her. We protect her. We pray for her. We're careful about how we talk about her and the members that belong there. We build her up. Belonging might change your attitude to giving financially. I've mentioned it. That you're not just like, oh, church is always after my money. But you want to give into the house that you belong to. You want to do it and you're called to do it. And it's a joy to give. Belonging changes the attitude of how you come to the house. You commit to coming to Sundays, to life group, to events that happen. It's a priority to be in God's house. We come ready and prepared to worship God and to encourage others. It also changes our attitude towards our leaders. We're so thankful for our leaders here at Jubilee. Now, they might not read this from the front, so I'm going to do it for them. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12, again from the message, hope that's okay. And now, friends, you're my friends, right? We ask you, thanks, my my husband is my friend, it's okay. We ask you to honour the leaders who work so hard for you. They have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. What a challenge that is for us today. They give so much of themselves to build this house. They've unpacked their lives here. They've made sacrifices here, them and their families Can we overwhelm them with honour and encouragement? Start today. Finally, I just want to remind you, and I know I've talked a lot about doing in God's house, and that's really important. Doing, doing, doing. But also, sometimes and often, it's just about being in God's house, dwelling in God's house. There's an amazing psalm, Psalm 84, and it's all about worshippers who just long to be at the temple in Jerusalem. They long to be there because it's a beautiful place, and it's where God is. Blessed and greatly favoured are those who dwell in your house. That's us. When we unpack our belongings in the house, my spiritual address is Jubilee, and I love the house. I want to do there and contribute there, but I also just want to be here. Think about the passage of Mary and Martha, where one was sitting at Jesus' feet and the other was doing, doing, doing. May we take that time in that moment to remember that Jesus is more precious than the community. So just to wrap this up, 
We belong to God. We are in him. We're part of his family. He provides for us. And no matter how we get here, we have an honoured place in his family. And we have common unity in Christ here at our spiritual address, if it's your spiritual address, Jubilee Church. We unpack here. What a mess. Sorry. It's our home. We're being built. It's an active, ongoing thing. And our behavior of belonging, when you belong, you're known. You're united. We're part of a loving community that's visible to all those outside, and it's growing. When you belong, you contribute. Serving makes us more like Jesus, and isn't that what we want to be, more like him? And I pray that if you're serving and you feel weary or it's hard, I want to encourage you to keep going. When we belong, our attitude changes. Our speech is honourable. We encourage our leaders. But also reminding you not just to do, 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 but to be. Is it okay if we pray? Father God, we thank you that we can belong to you, creator of the world, creator of the universe, creator of us in your image. You invite us through Jesus to come. You prepare a place for us at your table, a place for us to dwell. And God, if we don't know that, if we don't know what it is to belong to you today, I pray we won't miss this opportunity to come. God, I pray that for those who are looking in, it's their first time, they're looking for a place to unpack. God, if it's here, wonderful, show them that. If it's somewhere else, that's great too. But don't wander. Don't keep going on visitation rights. Find a place to unpack and to belong. God, I pray you will help us to maintain the unity in our church, in our house. We pray that we will love one another, that we'll go above and beyond for each other, that we'll encourage each other and spur one another on. If you're feeling discouraged this morning, I pray that you will know that serving the Lord can fill your heart with joy and gladness. It's a privilege. And God, we thank you that you use us to serve you, almighty God. I want to pray for you this morning if you feel like God might be calling you into something new. But actually you feel like, I can't give anymore. I don't have time to give anymore. And you feel like if you give more, you'll probably end up with less. Can I encourage you what you give to Jesus, even if it feels really small? God can grow it. He can multiply it you'll never be left with less than what you give. Just like the loaves and fishes. God can do above and beyond with what we give to him. Maybe it's time to step out in something new and contribute to the house. I also just, um, when we prayed on Wednesday morning at AMP, and um, Tim asked, uh, what's on our heart to pray for today? And I said, God has put on my heart, 
people who once unpacked their, their lives at Jubilee. And for different reasons, I'm not here to judge or condemn that. Please know that. For different reasons, whatever they are, you know them, God knows them. You sort of packed you back up again. And Jubilee's no longer your home. And if you're at a different home and you're listening to this, wonderful. And you're unpacking there. That's brilliant. But don't be on visitation. Don't wander without a home. Maybe God is saying, welcome home to you today. This is your home. This is where you belong. It's time to unpack here again. And so we prayed for you this week. We prayed for you on Wednesday morning at AMP. There's a plug. That you might know that you are welcome home. You can unpack here. You belong. God, we just thank you for your words to us this morning. God, I just pray that if there's dreams to be unpacked here, that you will do that. You will give us the confidence to do that, the space to do that. Help us to encourage, God. I, I ask that we encourage. We spend time today encouraging the members, the people we love at God's house. For your glory, God, we pray. And as we go out encouraged, it's all about the going out again. It's about worship and witness. God, I pray that we will go out encouraged, that we will have a fresh sense of how incredible it is to belong to you. And that spills out into our life to work when we sit at the desk on Monday morning, on the schoolroom, wherever we're at that our sense of belonging to the King of Kings will be so wonderful that we can't contain it. God, help us with that, we pray. In your wonderful name, amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.